Frank, 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 it's Apple event day. I will say one of our Twitter followers uh, did say, what was it something like, how many Apple events, I'm just going to summarize this, like how many, how many times does Frank and James talk about Apple events or new things about Mac OS and like not to anything else? It's not my fault. You know, Frank's converted me over to an, an Apple uh, Apple fan. I only use Apple products in the house. I'm 100% Apple. I'm going to buy new products that were announced today when we're recording. Frank. <laughs> it's happening. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I totally get the complaint, though. Every podcast has like that one issue that the hosts keep bringing up. And you're like, mm. why do they keep talking about it? So I appreciate it. I don't like that I get the blame for all of this, but I do love, I mean, Apple events are just fun to talk about. And if nothing else, they're just launching points to have other discussions. Plus, we're both technologists and we just love shiny new things, at least me personally. So it's, it's totally fun having uh, you and my side of the boxing ring. I don't know where this analogy is going. I thought that, you know, we always balance each other out as an Android person. And, and this, you know, I've gone through the transitions of all the Google products, all this stuff. And, you know, once John Dick kind of, turned to, to iPhone. It took me a year to kind of even give it a try. And then we, the iPhone SE was the thing that swapped over for me because I just didn't need, I didn't need an upgrade, but I was like, okay, let me try it out. And it was for a long time, really hard to try Apple products because they're all really expensive um, in general, even for like an XR or something like that. And the sizes weren't right for me at the time after having really big phones for so long. And, you know, Miguel couldn't convert me for the nine years, 10 years that I've worked side by side him as Xamarin and then at Microsoft. So he tried really hard to convert me over and he'd be like, Bay, 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 let me, you know, let me tell you, Bay. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Miguel, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, not gonna convince me. Uh, and I, I think also as time progressed, and we'll side, side tangent here, as, as time has progressed, you know, um, as Android came closer to iOS, he, I didn't really see the clear advantage uh, of having Android over iOS or vice versa, right? It was it was easier to swap between, especially if you're using Google applications back and forth. But and we still use a lot of Google products. Like I use a lot of Gmail and a lot of Google, and then I use OneDrive and Office. I, I use all the products, right? I'm on Windows right now. Uh, that's, that's my driver. But I'll tell you this much, my MacBook Air, um, a lot of people have been asking me about my thought process on it. And... And we'll talk about a little bit as if you're a developer, I was telling my friend Luke, who based on this event is now going to get uh, not a, an, of a device announced today, but an older device um, because of the rumors around this one, people were waiting, but I will give you this update is I really enjoy my MacBook Air. I'm really happy that I purchased it and the battery life is just ast astronomically amazing. Uh, I haven't charged it in a week <laughs> and it's been fine. I'm not doing like dev work, but we're watching some videos, this and that, you know, and it just keeps going and it's, it's pretty good. It's not quite a hundred percent for dev purposes. Like we've talked about in the past, but I think by end of year, it'll be solid, but let's talk about this Apple event. Frank, I want to go down the Apple website. I want to go in the order of the one hour stream, which could be summarized in this 30 minute podcast. But I want to go down the, the page on apple.com. Do you want to go that route or do you want to go a different route? You tell me, Frank. 
Uh, that route's perfectly fine. Earlier today, I, I get excited for these events, so <laughs> I'm sorry. I am a fanboy. Everyone knows that, though, so I guess I don't even have to admit it. I woke up way too early today, and I'm like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do for four hours as I wait for this silly event to start up? So I sat on Twitter all morning, and um, I found a cool Apple Keynote bingo card, mm. and I tweeted that out earlier. So um, I'm just curious to see how the Apple website lines up with this bingo card that I have in front of me. So I, I'm ready for this. Uh, and I, <laughs> we, I, I'm looking at it now, too. I do think that we can summarize the entire event with your most recent tweet, which is, no, what happened to the up, down, left, right keys? What's going on here? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with the negative then. <laughs> here's, here's my fanboy wearing off. Gosh darn it, Apple. You give and you take. Um, <laughs> you Not to jump the gun here, but they released these gorgeous new iMacs today. They come with these like cutesy little keyboards that are just oh, yeah. absurdly cute. I so want good. one. But they ruined the cursor keys again. James, I'm not I'm not a VI user. I, I do all my code navigation with these cursor keys. That's why they're very sensitive to me. Maybe if I was a VI person, I'd feel differently. But to a sane programmer, the cursor keys are very important. And they keep doing the thing that they've been doing on the laptops, which is full size left, full size right, mini up, mini down, which is the absolute worst thing on the whole planet. I would even prefer mini left, mini right, mini up, mini down, because at least then you have the affordance of feeling where the cursor keys are. Affordance is very important in hardware devices, and Apple just doesn't care. <laughs> Kills me. <laughs> yeah, this one, uh, I, I didn't even realize it until you said it. We'll talk about this keyboard because it is maybe my favorite and least favorite part of the entire thing. But let's uh, go right into that IMAX. That is the first thing on the Apple website. They, are, uh, they released a, to go with the Apple logo squiggly multicolor thing, they announced an entire new series of IMACs, not IMAC Pros, which Frank is mm. currently recording on, but an IMAC. Um, it is a 24-inch 4.5K Retina display. It has obviously built-in speakers, mics, a 1080p camera. They're excited about that 1080p camera. Yeah. Um, but in seven absolutely stunning colors, and it is running on the brand new M1 processor. Yeah, these things are I I I, I want to just call it the iMac adorable because mm -hmm. I, I think it qualifies. They all have a very light theme, which at first I was wondering a little bit, like, how would I actually prefer that? Because I've been staring at this um, dark iMac for a long time. Uh, but the bezel is pretty small. And the thing is so absurdly cute that I think you can just look past all of that stuff. I used um, a white MacBook back in the day, the plastic one. It was so cute except it turned a little bit yellow eventually. And I think they were very smart this time because they colored the whole thing not white, but in these really gentle pastel colors. Um, one super desaturated, nearly white pastel, then the same pastel with a little more saturation as the chin. A chin, by the way, which does not have a Mac logo. So however, would you know what kind of computer you're using? Sure. But then... Um, Gosh, that that display and the computer is so thin, and on the back of it, they have the super saturated color. It's just pretty. That's it's, all there is to it. It's super pretty. Eleven point five, um, is it centimeters, millimeters, millimeters? 
It's yeah, oh, the thickness. Millimeters, yeah, actually, eleven point five. I do know. I'm curious to see one in person because what do they advertise as a 24 inch screen? But then the actual horizontal dimension is 21.5 inches. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what does that look like? Because I've been using 27 inches here for a while now. Um, so um, I think I'm still curious to see if they release a bigger one, maybe later this year or next year or something. But for now, this is super cute. Yeah, it's very impressive. It is, yeah, 11 or 18.1 inches tall, 21.5 inches wide, and a 24 inch display vertical or, you know, diagonal, I should say, from point yeah. to point and under not under 10 pounds, which is also very, very <laughs> impressive. It's, it's, uh, I don't really carry my iMac around. I don't know. You know, I, I have actually driven my iMac twice around. I've actually hauled it into the car and taken it somewhere, but it's not something you normally do. It's pretty cool. I will say this though, the colors are stunning. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I've been looking at it now on this website over and over and over again. And I gotta say, while I do love it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's what they did is they took a 24 inch iPad pro and they shoved it on a mount, Frank. You can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. It happened. That's what they did. That's what they will talk about the new iPad pro in a second. But it's it's kind of what they did. Yeah, especially with the new iPad design, um, because it's the squared off edge, uh, rounded at the corners, but squared off otherwise. Um, it's even during the video where they do those crazy renderings of the fake manufacturing process of these devices i was getting confused of are you showing imac or ipad right now and i totally got confused because yeah yeah it's a 21 inch ipad without a Mm -hmm. touch screen oh why can't they just put a touch screen on this thing because you know i love my macbook air but i'm getting fingerprints all over it I just keep jabbing at that thing. Me too. I already looked at it on my, my, my MacBook air and I was like, James, 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 it's not a touch screen. How many times have I told <laughs> yeah. you stop touching it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, 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 it, I, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, I can't unsee it because you look at the, you know, ports on the side, you look at the webcam, you're like, man, it's just so familiar. And then it has all the same features and obviously it runs all of your iPad and iOS apps on it. It's running, you know, obviously an M1 with a big Sur on it. The thing that's impressive of this, besides it's so thin, they basically removed all of the fans. There's two tiny little fans are like, and it's under what, like, I don't even know what the decibel is. It's like so quiet. Like you're just never going to hear it. Um, I love it. I would say this is like, I, I'm a, I'm a windows desktop person through and through in all honesty. Um, but this is a really attractive device. I don't know, though, if I'm I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know if I want to sink this amount of money into this processor with the limitations of RAM that are available on this device, because if you don't upgrade to at least the $1,500 model, you do not get the USB 3 ports, you don't get gigabit Ethernet, and you get a lackluster Magic Keyboard without Touch ID. And trust me, once you have Touch ID on a keyboard, you never want anything ever again in your life. 
Yeah, this is a really interesting machine, especially from the developer perspective. Yeah. Because from the developer perspective, I kind of feel like the safe bet is still the mini and the air if you Mm -hmm. want a portable. Because these are, for our purposes, a bit under spec. These yes. the default models are still eight gigabytes, which is fine. You can do your web browsing with that. A bit of email, it's fine. But you know, you want to be sixteen to be comfortable, and then you want to be thirty-two for really comfortable when you write the kind of apps that I write that never seem to deallocate any other memory, and I just mm-hmm. tear through all that RAM. Um, But then, as you brought up, the second consideration is the ports. And it's really interesting because the base model, the um, 1299 US dollars, that model has the same ports as the MacBook Air, which is namely two Thunderbolt or two USB-C ports that also have Thunderbolt on them. It's funny that you have to upgrade, as you said, to get an additional two USB 3 ports, which... I I hate the thought of spending $200 to get two measly USB 3 ports when those Thunderbolt ports can obviously run them just fine if you have a hub or something like that. But (laughs) with the same argument, if you're going to spend the money on this machine, you're probably going to want to get the one with the more ports because this machine should last many, many years. And I, you know, okay, this is embarrassing to admit. I have bought two 10-port USB hubs to connect to my computer. I literally have 20 USB ports, and there's something plugged into every single one of them. I don't know what I'm doing, James. It's a problem. (laughs) One of these days, I'm going to have to organize it. But I just... I you always want more usb you always want more hard drive you always want more ram and you always want more usb so i think it's unfortunately worth the 200 hour upgrade to get that well i would have to because yellow only comes in the upgraded model that's the one i would get (laughs) you're a yellow person uh my friend wants red Mm, that's um yeah they have is it an indigo no they're calling it purple i'd call it purple. purple yeah I, I, I would go for that one just because it's new. Has Apple done purple before? I'm just so excited about the purple because that phone looks so good. Purple is new. Yeah, the phone we'll talk about in a second, which we didn't think it was purple. They look like different purples, but I think it's because the front and the back, you're right, are different tones. I'm a yellow person. That's my favorite color. So, um, you know, I'm, I mean, if it was rose gold, I would also get it too. There is an mm-hmm. orange, which looks rose goldish too. They're, they're all a pink. The red is actually called pink. Um, cause they're, they're talking about the color on the front, but the, I will say the purple looks more indigo, more lavender. Um, yeah, that's what mm. I call it out. You know what I need? I need a device that can calibrate the colors on my monitor to an absolute rating scale so that we're all seeing the same color indigo at the same time. If only such hardware existed, James. And one day. Uh, I'm really impressed with a few things here. Let's talk about the keyboard that comes with Touch ID and also the worst arrow <laughs> keys in the world. They're not even the worst. Like, I, I, I <laughs> they are the worst. It's one of the reasons I bought the MacBook Air because I'm like, they gave us good cursor keys once. There's no guarantee they'll ever do it again. So I got to buy this computer now. <laughs> Well, I, I love this keyboard because one, it does have touch ID, which I think is brilliant, um, which means there's a tiny little computer in there and um, they come in the same color, same with the the mouse and the trackpad that you can optionally buy with these. Uh, it comes with the, the same matching colors. And I think that's also genius too, because Apple knows how to get our money. I like it. Um, not to mention that also, I will say the power cord 
also matches the device too. Come on. <laughs> I miss that. Oh no, yeah. I love this though. I mean, I fell in love with Max during the quirky color phase when everything was the clear plastic colors. Mm. I, I, as much as I, I, I love the gray aesthetic. You know me. I, I, I try to always wear gray, <laughs> variations of gray. But I do miss the color. So I am so excited for this. I don't really want to spend that amount of money it's going to take for me to color coordinate my office. But anytime I see someone with a color coordinated office, I'm going to give them finger guns. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty much in love with it. My favorite feature of all is that inside of the power cable, they added an Ethernet attachment. And I love when things are built into the power cable. Microsoft did this with the Surface laptop series and the service books and the service book book and all the things is they would they added an extra usb uh charging port in it like like in the in the power brick you know like oh i can charge my phone i don't have to i don't have to use another port on my device to charge my device i can just plug it into the the power supply and i thought that was genius and what they did here is they added a ethernet um jack into the power brick, which is pretty small in general, looks like a normal, you know, smaller power brick like uh, your old MacBook Pro would have. Um, but that's nice because it is one less cable you have to run to this monitor. I thought that was a great uh, addition that I haven't seen before. Yeah, it's great until you plug 20 USB cables in. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> yeah, if you can keep a much cleaner desk than I'm able to, it would be absolutely wonderful. Uh, the only place where I felt it fell down a tiny bit was they were comparing it to the old Macs. And mm. the Mac that I actually fell in love love with was the, it was a hemisphere with a little arm with a mm-hmm. monitor attached. And they even showed it in the video there. And this one has a hinge, but it's only on the monitor side. They yeah. didn't have the guts to put a hinge at the bottom, and I totally get it. <laughs> it's a lot of hard mechanics to make that hinge work correctly, but I was a little sad um, just that, that it didn't make it. <laughs> maybe that'll be for the next model when they have the touchscreen, because as we know, the Surface Studio, which is what I'm comparing this to, goes all the way down, and the guts are in the base, and it's very thin. You know, these devices are very, very, um, very elegant devices. So I could see it evolve over time. I will say this. So this was the only Mac Mac um, hardware announcements that we got on this. And everyone was rumoring that we were going to get an M1S. And everyone was telling me that I made a mistake by getting the MacBook Air. And my buddy Luke, after this event, immediately placed an order for a <laughs> Mac Mini spec'd out sure. because he said, I don't need I already. He's like, I already have a 4K monitor. I don't need another monitor. He's like, I do love it. We both agree that we love it, but I already have too many monitors. So I, while I like the iMac and I like this device, it's not powerful enough for me as a desktop driver. I'm stingy on desktop because (laughs) I want the the most. I want the (laughs) most. I have 64 gigs of RAM in this thing. I want the, I want the optimal. I'm sure this is a great machine, but if I'm going to drop 2K or more, whatever this is, because I want the one terabyte, because I'm different, like on the MacBook Air, I did, you know, upgrade it a little bit, but on the on the desktop, I for sure would want the 32 gigs of RAM if they would give it to me, which they won't, because I'm assuming that this is a processor limitation because no M1 anything goes above 16 gigs of RAM. So it has to be a, a limitation of that chip. 
Yeah, I, I, I concur. I, I was also looking forward to the M1S or X. It's on the bingo card. We were all looking forward to it because we want to know. We've seen the M1. We're all impressed with it. We want to know, well, how far up the curve can you go with this thing, Apple? You know, we're, we're impatient. You gave us this wonderful dinner, and now we want another dinner the next day. <laughs> and we're just not getting it. Um, but, yeah, it's... I think the Mac mini is kind of the perfect Mac dev machine right now. It's a good price. You can get the the lower end model and not worry too much because it's the lower price one. You can upgrade it in a few years. It's You can attach whatever monitor you want to it. But I think this iMac is going to be a good seller for Apple. Like I can oh, yeah. imagine bringing any family, <laughs> if we're ever allowed into stores again, and bring a family member into a store and be like, pick a color. They're all yeah. gorgeous. And they run great. So I think it's going to be an amazing consumer device. Yeah, for anyone that wants a, wants it, it makes a lot of sense. So, and, and, you know, this gives them room and space to do the iMac Pro with the upgraded chips later this fall. I think that's where they're going with these things, by the way. That's my assumption at the end of the day. Sure, because there was also the color black and dark gray were missing from the mm. color palette here. So you can kind of tell they're reserving that for the Pro. I was curious that they didn't release a 27-inch, but, you know, uh, new, new, new form factor. I guess it takes time to roll out the production. There's also the fact that we are in a shortage of, of chips and parts and pieces and everything going on in the in the mostly around chips but i'm assuming it's in the entire supply chain too so i believe listening to different podcasts and reading a bunch of articles that we're also in the state where we will maybe for another year or two get reduced SKUs and um, options in many of these uh, devices so that could be another thing too is like maybe they secured many many 8 and 16 gig you know unified memory you know systems and same thing with the, the SSDs, and that's what they can offer in this. Uh, Apple has an amazing supply chain, I'd assume, but if you know the Taiwanese well, semiconductor can't make them, or can't make things, then, then you can't make them. Okay, I, I was going to make a Suez Canal joke. I was going to say sometimes boats just go sideways through canals. <laughs> things get delayed. Uh, wasn't that fun? Yeah, I, I I imagine that the M1s we're all using right now are basically one big production run. And they just came up with a design, knocked it out of the park, and we're just kind of burning through that production run right now. I, but it's Apple. I figure like once they're able to get their manufacturing up, they're going to sell as quickly as they can. And they don't profit by not selling them. So it could be as early as the end of this year or just next year. Yes. All right, let's get to the big and yet maybe not so big reveal, which is the M1 processor. This chip that apparently they did one big production run and have a bunch of them left over are now, <laughs> Frank, making their way into non-Mac devices. The M1 chip has infiltrated the iPad Pro. Amazing. So I guess we, we all lost the bet that the M stood for Mac. I thought it stood for Mac. What does it stand for now? Who knows? Um, it, it's exciting, I guess, like from a technology point of view, I think it's exciting, but it's a bigger processor 
in an iPad that already had kind of a ridiculous processor in it to begin with. Like the iPad processor was already beating out a lot of laptops and benchmarks. And so we have this really weird situation where we keep adding power to this device that kind of it, its feature set aside from like maybe games or something like that, but its standard feature set does not need that amount of power. There's just this weird imbalance that's going on right now. Personally, I'm excited for it. You know, I'm trying to do neural networks and stuff. It takes a lot of processing. iCircuit 3D, I designed that basically to run on the the current state of the art of technology because I was betting on Apple improving performance pretty dramatically over the next couple of years and they're doing it so i'm happy <laughs> my bets are paying off um my software is going to run amazing on it so i'm very excited for that but at the same time it's very interesting um i i was using my ipad uh to watch the keynote today and i was trying to have like iMessages up and twitter up and watching the video and i gotta say the multitasking on the ipad is just so terrible it's just the worst <laughs> and so I, I i i'm excited for the hardware but at the same time i feel like um ios needs to do a little bit of catching up or ipad os whatever you want to call it Yes, I would. I would agree with that. I, I had to do an entire video on my YouTube because I got so many questions about the my, my cadence application, how to split screen and do popover on an iPad. I, I made a video over it so I can just send it to people, you know, it's because it's, I needed to learn it. And there's not really great videos out there, even on the Apple website of how to drag and drop and when you can and when you can't do stuff, right? It's not a windowing system. It is it is a windowing system, but some things say, no, you don't get to have windows. The interesting part about the ipad pro announcements besides that okay so it's getting a bunch of things the m1 processor it has a thunderbolt um display for yeah. gig, speeds up to 60 or 40 gig transfer which is bananas um thunderbolt port that's port. the yeah so now you can connect thunderbolt devices to it which the biggest feature they were touting there was quick file transfers, which I appreciate because I actually have uh, an external SSD thing that is ridiculously fast when it's hooked up to Thunderbolt. So I appreciate that, except for the fact that I've literally never transferred files on and off of an iPad using a hardware device. But I know it's a common um, thing for like photographers and all of that. So I'm, I'm sure they appreciate it. I just yeah. think it's funny. That's one feature I absolutely do not use. Yeah. They have a uh, Dolby Atmos in it. They have 5G. You can get a 5G thing in it. Uh, a two terabyte configuration. So you're right. If you're doing crazy things like that, you could definitely do it. Um, a new Magic Keyboard, which funnily enough, has the correct way of doing up, down, left, right arrow keys, um, <laughs> surprisingly. But Frank. But, yes, James. I have to say, I have to say. I'm I looking... hope your favorite feature is my favorite feature. I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating you. What do you got? Uh, I'm done with features. So what is your favorite feature? <gasps> then I'll hold what my favorite feature, what, what I, oh, where, where oh, things are going. I'm sorry. This by far is the most important feature. Everyone. Oh. We, we buried the lead here. They finally put the FaceTime camera in the correct location. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Anyone who has ever used an iPad to do FaceTime 
knows. <laughs> you always, when you have your iPad docked, it's almost always landscape, but the camera was always on the top edge. Now, finally, the camera is on the long edge, which puts it where it would be on a laptop. But even better than that, James, they put a wide field of view camera there and they use software to track your little head so that you're always center frame. And oh my goodness, the amount of calls I have had with people just staring at their hair or ceiling fans or spiders making webs in the corner or something like that. And I do it to other people too. Uh, my friend's kid always yells at me, why don't you ever look at me when we talk? And I'm like, I'm trying, buddy. I don't know where you are. <laughs> I, so, I forgot I, I about that. Feature. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. That's a good one. Well, I should also say then that the iMac finally got its FaceTime camera updated. It only got updated to a 1080p camera, but they're doing a lot more software processing on it. I'm assuming all that crazy neural network stuff that they're doing on the iPhone, they're going to do on the Mac. And that's exciting because I use that FaceTime camera all the time. So any more quality I can get out of that thing, I'll, I'll be excited for. So I'll be happy to get that camera upgrade. If slash when. So here's the question for you, Frank. When, when is it going to happen? When is iPad Pro and iMac going to combine into a singular device slash operating system? Like, you know what I mean? Because these devices, they're pretty similar, right? If you take an iPad Pro and you slap it onto the kickstand and you attach a a, a keyboard that has a, a trackpad on it, it is, for all intents and purposes, a Mac. You know yeah. what I mean? Without being yeah. able to run Mac apps, but it has an M1 processor. And you know, can Macs run Rosetta. <laughs> can run Rosetta. Macs have the ability to run iPad apps but when is the iPad to run Mac apps? It has to happen. They're trending towards this. It can't not happen. Uh, Your Honor, leading the witness. Um, it's it's confusing, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. Um, I would say I don't actually expect it to happen anytime too soon. I, I'm really hoping I'm wrong. And the WWDC, they're like, hey, check it out. You can run Super Sur on your iPad. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. But um, all the hints from Apple so far have been, no, we're keeping Mac and iOS very separate from each other. iPad OS seemed to be their um, little peace flag they raised up. But, well, I've already given my complaints there. So it's, it's strange. From a developer perspective, I'm not even sure I want it a hundred percent. I want I want better windowing on an iPad, but that doesn't mean that I want like you know the tiny little red, yellow, green dots to try to hit with my finger. I don't want a bad version of you know Windows is our only comparison, and Microsoft did a great job of merging that operating system into the two form factors touch and mouse trying to get those two to work together took a while but it took but i think it's it took great, them yeah. three versions yeah. it didn't take a while it took them years <laughs> because you get it partially right they went a little too mobile at first then they backed off then they went a little too desktop and now they're still trying to blend the two and so it takes time i 
I can't predict Apple. I've, I've learned I just can't predict Apple, but it doesn't feel like they're putting that work in yet. Yeah. I, I, I gotta say that's the one thing, you know, is on the surface line of devices is I really enjoy that as a consumer, no matter what device I buy in this range, right? Which goes from full desktops to custom built PC to laptop to um, detachable book to just a surface device that has a kickstand and a, and a detachable um, um, keyboard. They all are going to be, you know, run the same applications, have great performance and have great design. And granted that, you know, Macs can run iPad applications, the, the, the reverse isn't true. And the experience is multiple operating systems. And I don't want obviously iPhone to, to go down that route. And that's why they have iOS and iPad OS, even though they're the same thing under the hood. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's one thing it's like here, I, you could imagine a world right where it would be very beneficial for people to be able to buy a single device, like a tablet that also runs a desktop operating system to do a lot of these windowing and multitasking because, I have had many a friends and myself on my iPad just try to do anything multi window, multi anything. And it is a lackluster experience. And that's, and that's why I'm not a tablet person. I'm more of a surface person. I have my surface go and things like that. I really enjoyed that experience as a small tablet that, you know, I can use all the normal stuff with and windowing and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's maybe once iMac gets, you know, or Max get touchscreen, then it's like, okay, like now things are really getting close and they're experimenting. They'll, they'll maybe if they figure out how to minimize things on an, on a, on a Mac with a touchscreen, then they'll go that route. Cause they'll have to make changes to Mac OS to make it happen. Right. And they haven't done that yet. Yeah. And in big Sur, we got like a bigger toolbar, but they didn't put enough space between the buttons that you have to do to make touch work. Yeah. And when you, quiz apple why why did you make the touch bar or the toolbars bigger they're like well we did it because we think it makes better mac apps Uh, absolutely no no mention of touch interfaces or anything like that so i think from a developer perspective i don't think much is going to (laughs) change my bets are on nothing changing this year for sure (laughs) and then probably next year but again i'm i'm excited if i'm wrong that that would be a really fun dub dub dc yeah, well, that's a right around the corner, too, so we'll be excited about that. Let's get into the next thing here, iPhone 12 in purple, which I guess apparently <laughs> does match the purple of the iMac, which we didn't think it did, but apparently it does. Fantastic. Um, still purple. not going to buy one, but very good. <laughs> what, uh, what I don't I, know. I, what I, you, have a, you have a 12, right? No, I'm I'm rocking the 11s, and I love. I got a cool green 11s, and I've fallen a little bit in love with it because it's the one that I accidentally left in a lake for five days underwater, mm-hmm. and it somehow magically got back to me. So I kind of love this phone, and I don't really want to ever abandon it again. I have issues. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, I, I gotta say the the iPad Mini. It's not a bad deal. Or the iPhone mini, iPhone 12, $699. Interesting. Um, I still have my, you know, my iPhone SE second generation. And we're, 
about to swin- switch to Mint Mobile, I think. That's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm not ready. I, I, I've... I will say the glass back on my phone is shattered. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> um, that that happened a lot sooner than I thought it was going to. So I, I would not mind getting rid of this glass back. Um, well, but. there's one huge benefit to the iPhone 12 now that I do not have, which is the U1 processor. Is that what it's called, James? The, What's oh, called the U? U1? Yeah, is that what it is? I yeah please look that up while i talk for a moment (laughs) um this is a chip that they put on these phones a wireless chip um in the last revision so a year ago on the iphone 12 and we're all kind of like well cool (laughs) like maybe it talks to the airpods or something but whatever and yet another radio on this device but a big announcement during this uh event are the air tags And these are, we've talked about little Bluetooth beacons before a million times. This is Apple's own little beacon-y kind of thing. I don't even know if they're technically iBeacons. I'm curious if they show up as iBeacons in the API. I'm almost guessing no. I'd assume Um, not. No, I bet not. Yeah, because uh, the AirTags are just these little hunks of plastic. They're really not much any bigger than um, the standard 3-volt. Uh, coin size battery so like an american quarter roughly uh they're that size and they're like 30 bucks and you can track whatever they're attached to i have no idea did they say how long that battery lasts Uh, i think forever well the neat thing is it's a replaceable battery in an apple device how often do you get that (laughs) and these batteries really are cheap you can buy a big pack of them that'll last you the rest of your life and they do last quite a while so we have these AirTag things and it turns out if you want the absolute best most accurate tracking of them when you're in near proximity to them you need this u1 did i get that right james it's the ultra wideband technology. I, I still don't know if it's a U1 chip, but it was added in the iPhone 11. Oh, it's in the 11. So 11? maybe I do have it. Oh, yeah. I'm excited then. For some reason, I thought it was only the 12. So you need a more modern device to get the hyper accurate tracking. You'll get decent tracking otherwise. That is correct. They call it precision finding. It's available ah. on iPhone 11, 11 Pro, 12, and 12 Pro. And it is compatible with uh, anything that runs iOS 14.5, I guess, which would be iPhone uh, 6S Plus. So that would be the normal mode. So all of them. So that's the standard. That's Bluetooth 4. That's when the 6S got. Yeah, so that, that is that old stuff. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit excited for them. I was a oh, tile early adopter. Mm-hmm. I, the only problem is I could never figure out what to put it on because I I don't really like keychains, and so I'm like don't really lose my keys either. So I'm like, what do I need to track? And the best I've been able to come up with is um, attaching it to things that might get stolen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, just throw one in my backpack in case. I don't I've never had my bag stolen. So even that feels kind of like silly, but I've heard it happen. I've heard stories from people where their bags oh, yeah. were stolen. So oh, yeah. Eh. I'm not uh, going to become Batman either though and track <laughs> them down, so I don't know. It'd be fun to watch, I guess, the bag run away. 
It's a, I'll give you a few use cases here. There's a lot of smart things that they did. Well, one, it is super duper small. It is a U1 chip. That is what it's called. You are correct. Um, It has NFC built in for loss mode, apparently, and Bluetooth for proximity finding. It has a built in speaker. I'm assuming they're doing some something. Help me. I'm lost. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So they can ding some stuff. And it is using the CR2032 coin cell battery, which is like you said, I have a whole pack of them on Amazon. You know, they last for one year. Uh, and nice. yeah, it, um, uh, apparently just lasts for one year and it's super duper good to go. It is uh, about 25 bucks a piece. You can buy one for 30 or four for a hundred. That's what I was going to buy two for Heather and two for me. I funnily enough, read the website and they said, you can put it on your bike. And I was like, oh, that's easy. Maybe I will put it on my bike. Uh, um, because Do you that's, lose your bike a lot. Uh, bikes get stolen often. Yeah, but again, are you going to become Batman and go track it down? Yes, I will. Absolutely. Okay. My my bike Fair is enough. <laughs> my my bike is worth much more. Well, one of my bikes is worth a few hundred dollars. The other bike is worth over a thousand dollars. So, and custom built, yeah. one of a kind, uh, for mm. me. So that would be pretty cool. However, I, I don't know what you stick them on. That thing is <laughs> uh, because. If someone's stealing my bike and this thing's dangling off the back, they're just yeah. gonna rip it off and shove it. You got to be discreet, so I could put it, attach it somewhere underneath the the seat, I guess. You know, um, what I want to do though is, I would love to um, put it so like if it was if there's a family share mode, that would be kind of cool because you could track maybe. You could put one on your car, like track your car, like someone steals your car. That'd be kind of cool, your backpack. But like, it'd be cool if if Heather could see some of my stuff. I don't know what the stuff would be yet, but like something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I need it, like you're saying. That's a hard part is like, I get it. But I'm like, do am I actually ever going to track stuff? Because you know the best feature of an Apple Watch, Frank? Mm. Is this, ready? Okay, fair enough. I mean, ping your iPhone. Right. So, what are the things that I misplace? Your watch. <laughs> so you need to you need to you need to put the, <laughs> attach it to your your Apple Watch. I lose my you Apple know, Watch. Shove it on the bottom of the Apple Watch. You know what the actual answer to that was? My Apple Remote. That's what I actually lose the most. That's that thing just vanishes into thin air, and it just occurred to me, the Apple Remote's not an AirTag. So oh, they, yeah. they just released that. That could have been a synergy moment for Apple. Oh. Like, that's what I actually lose, especially during the pandemic. <laughs> I'm not going outside, so I'm not losing anything. Um, yeah. OK, so for theft, for sure. Um, probably anything you like bring to the beach and you might just misplace or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could probably just attach to that. Um, probably hiking stuff like that you know uh, i don't know about you but i've ever so often dropped something accidentally i'm not littering i just you know you lose it on a mountain what are you gonna do walk back up the mountain to go find it nope that's nature's now the deer can have it yeah they have so i'm gonna read you the examples that they have on the AirTag web page so they, they have keys that's the big thing is keys everyone's gonna have one on their keys right sure uh, Backpack, you said backpack. Then when you look at the app, they have the app out. On an iPhone SE second generation, or maybe that's customized for me. Hold on a second, Frank. Go to apple.com slash AirTag, okay? (laughs) And not the first image with Deborah's keys, but when you scroll down where it's like, 
Janina's keys and Janina's bike and Janina's umbrella. I don't know who's putting a tag on an umbrella. Um, I got, I got Deborah. The phone looks like a six. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, cool. So they're trying to say, <clears> hey, <throat> th- that's an iPhone SE too, by the way. So, uh, and then the one at the bottom is the iPhone 10, yep. 11. Okay, so they're putting on there. So keys. Okay, they have the keys. Uh, umbrella. That's an option if you want to put an umbrella. Um, and then. Are those the only options that they say? Uh, did you say you can share it with your friends and family? That's cool. I think that's it. So I don't know. I, again, I, I'm I love I love them. They they did not invent these things because you said you know you're an early adopter. I've, I've seen these everywhere, right? I like I of course like the privacy part of it and all the things, the randomization of the tokens and all the things. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I need one. I was going to buy one, but they won't let me buy. They won't let me buy one. <laughs> yeah, uh, the twenty third, I think you said we yeah. can start buying them. Mm-hmm. I, I I also am going to buy them, but mostly to find out if I find them useful. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a pretty obvious one for theft, but at the same time, I'm just you know playing the whole scenario out. What are you actually going to do if you have the thievery happen? Happen. Um, I do like your idea of like putting it into the seat though, because this is a radio device. So if you want to hide it and you probably do want to hide it, if you're doing the theft thing, mm-hmm. um, you're going to want to put it by an ins- insulator. So like a plastic thing or yeah. something like that. So probably just get some, get some of that like super strong double sticky tape and really kind of, or just epoxy it in <laughs> or something like that <laughs> and just glue it into your seat so that, you can't just pop it off or something like that. Just, you know, use your super glue. And once I got to thinking of that, I'm like, well, maybe I actually will just put one on my one wheel, just, you know, glue it onto the fender. And yeah, you know, I might misplace it too. Just because I never have misplaced it doesn't mean I never will misplace it. So I'd probably be kicking myself if I did and didn't have one of these on it. Yeah. I, you know, I think the keys is a good one because everyone that's like a normal use case. But I do think that, yeah, there's these things that we really cherish that, you know, a $30 little device or $25 device, if if we have, if it happens to get stolen or we happen to misplace it or we, you know what I mean? That we'll be much, much more thankful that we, we pay, place this little device on it. Um, so, and hmm. I, I've just concluded 100%. I am super gluing one to the Apple remote. That's happening. There you go. <laughs> Well, talking about the Apple remote, let's get to the last product announcement, which is the upgraded Apple TV 4K with an A12 Bionic chip with 4K high frame rate HDR for the TV that I do not own. What's an A12? I've never heard of an A12. Where's the M? A's are so old. A's are so 2019. Come on. Come on, Apple. It does, though. Frank, have a brand new remote control oh dandy does it and i am excited for this because i have been using that siri remote it's funny because i actually have um an lg tv and i'm perfectly happy with the lg operating system on their web os it's perfectly fine but there are just some apps that it doesn't have and so i use my apple tv for those so it's i actually don't use the apple tv that much but when i do i am cursing that remote the entire time if i can find it it's usually hidden in the couch and i have to go digging for it first uh well let's see so what did they improve there's actually like a d-pad at the top instead of a touchscreen that's nice mm-hmm. it seems that it actually has two different color tones so you can distinguish the buttons from the rest of it 
turns out you can't really do that in the dark on the current one. Um, it definitely has a top and a bottom. That's nice. So you know which if you're pointing it at the TV or pointing it at yourself. Another problem with the current remote. My only tiny itsy bitsy complaint, and I, I don't actually know how this is going to play out. They put a button on the side of it. For goodness sake, Apple, can we just have a remote that we can grip without worrying about accidentally stopping our program or having Siri come up and ask, you know, what the weather is? <laughs> That's how it works, right? Siri asks you what the weather is. I believe so. <laughs> hey, Frank, what's the weather today in Seattle? Oh, thanks, Siri. <laughs> thanks, Siri. You know, I, I would love to give back someday to the Echo family of products and Siri. It'd be nice if they'd ask me some questions. Oh man, uh, yeah, the remote's great. I don't. I have. I use Harmony, uh, Logitech Harmony. Although Logitech Harmony recently discontinued by Logitech. Oh um, no, people love uh, that thing, don't they? It is amazing. However, I don't know. There's a finite amount. There's people that I think as more things integrated into the television, and there are less box attachments there's that thing too. Um, I think as the devices that ship with these TVs progressed, it, it was there, but you know, I have, I have it to control my Blu-ray player to control my Xbox control, my Apple TV, which is via Bluetooth. So I have a, I have a nice Logitech harmony. It does all that stuff, right? It, it controls, I've already had a D pad on my <laughs> forever. You know what I mean? And it works well, really, really good. I know. <laughs> Uh, so I'm 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 at three remotes. Are you truly at one remote? I have I only have one remote, dude. Like one. You're ever. like living in the future. What is it like uh, there? Yeah, I've been living in this future for the last 15 years of my life. Ever since I stumbled upon the Logitech Harmony, and they've only gotten better. Like so much that you know the hub, you can control all of it from your phone too. But then also you can have these IR blasters. So let's say that you have a device that's inside of a entertainment closet that it can't blast IR to, you can get an IR attachment that will relay the IR signal from the hub that, you know, sits next to my TV through, you know, underneath into my closet so it can communicate with my Xbox. Like it's a brilliant, beautiful thing. It, it's amazing. And the only and they time discontinued it. <laughs> and of course they discontinued it. I mean, these remotes aren't cheap, but at the same time, they're really, really great. And, I've loved them uh, in general, and you can really customize them and things like that. the The controller is great. the The thing is that uh, it, it's it's a lot it's a lot for someone to to spend on a remote. You're asking for hundreds of dollars, 150 or 200 dollars for this for this thing, but it is well worth it because I've used this. I've only ever used two Harmony remotes in my life, and they both lasted for I don't know. Um, seven years each. The new one is, you know, rechargeable and things like that. The only time I use the I, uh, the Apple TV remote is when I forget to charge my Logitech remote. So I have to like use a backup, you know what I mean? So, um, which I, I, I despise the current ones. I'm really glad <laughs> they upgraded it, but you no, know, the Logitech harmony is like fantastic. I, I, I told my friend, Jesse, I sent him the article from the Virgin, uh, and, and gadget about the discontinuation. We were both very sad because, I think he turned me on to it and it's worked with every device I've ever owned. You know, it even works with the Nintendo Wii and stuff, and the, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's like, it's just amazing. And it's very sad to see it go. And I believe that the Mac application uses 
Moonlight or something like that. This, you know, the Silverlight.net version. Oh yeah. They may have yeah. upgraded it, but it did at one time, which was which was awesome. Now you can just program it off from your phone, but at the time you had to like plug it into your computer. But anyways, I digress about this remote. But it, anyways, remotes are important. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying is remotes are important. And, um, you know, this gets closer, but again, it's not, it's not doing everything for me because I'm not going to, I'm not ever going to go back to a multi multi remote setup. It just is too much for me to comprehend and switch and I don't have room to put it. One remote is all you need. Um, the best thing about this entire upgrade, which I don't know if I am going to get on my Apple TV or not is the ability to calibrate the color tone um, and balance with your iPhone. This is amazing. <laughs> it's 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 kind of insulting to the customer. They're like, look, this thing's going to produce better colors than we trust you to figure out on your TV with your crank the brightness up and crank the contrast up. Yeah. Uh, but it's cool. Uh, this is what I was alluding to earlier. I've been wanting a color correction tool kind of all my life. I've, I used to work at a, a place where it was like someone's job and they'd bring around a calibration device and like mm-hmm. suction cup it to the monitor and keep adjusting your settings until it was calibrated to some absolute standard. Who knows what the standard was back then? So in this case, I think it's more not so much exact RGB color correction, but trying to uh, guarantee some HDR range if I was understanding it fully correctly too, which is nice and exciting for me because I'm rocking in old 1080p Apple TV and I've had that attached to a 4K TV for a while, which is capable of um, more contrast than that signal's putting out. So I have been putting off buying in a new Apple TV. So they kind of got me on this. I've just been waiting for an upgrade. They they could have changed the color and I would have bought it. So I'm just happy to be getting the new remote. I completely agree with you. And now I feel like I'm going to have to add that search for a universal remote to maybe my repertoire. But for now, I'll be happy just purchasing this thing. By the way, uh, you can individually buy the remote control, the new remote control, if you are disgusted with your old Apple TV, but don't want to buy a new Apple TV. $60, you can buy a remote, which mm. is still a lot of money, but it's a little computer. So what can you do? Yes. Let me recommend the Logitech Harmony Elite. It's only $380. Ouch. Still available. Oh, no. <laughs> highly, highly recommended. It's so good. Um, or you can get the 950. That's pretty much a lot closer to what I own. Um, you have to get it with the hub, though. That's like 250 I think. It's, that does it's, not sound elite, though. I don't know. Uh, no. Oh, I have the... Logitech, I think the 950 was a replacement for the Harmony Ultimate. That's what I had, I'm pretty sure. They've changed their names a billion times, but the the Harmony Elite is fantastic and amazing because you can get all the, the Bluetooth and all the things. But anyways, these remotes are so unbelievably good. I'm just I'm just saying it just it just it's it's so good. And it works with um it works with Alexa and Google Assistant. It, I don't know, it works, it works everywhere. It's so good. Anyways, um, now I have an Apple TV 4K. I don't have a 4K TV. I have a that's 1080p funny. TV. I have the reverse of you. <laughs> so, um, well, that's a waste, James. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, I want to know if I'm going to get the new calibration thing on on it, though. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I was honestly a little bit confused. If it was the kind of calibration that I was talking about where you're trying to match a specific gamut or if it was um, HDR kind of specific, they were a little confusing there. Um, the The biggest point, this was um, a hardware upgrade. I'm trying to figure out, were there any other software features that were kind of relevant? They do have, what, two models, a 32 gig and a 64 gig. I don't know if anyone is using their Apple TV for gaming, though. So I imagine everyone would just get the uh, the small memory one. Yeah. No, I'm looking, and I don't think so. Oh, there's there is one. I don't it, I don't know if this is new in it, but it does say multi user support. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I I'm sorry, and and I just saw here it also does have. This is new to me. Also, uh, the thread protocol are you aware of this no this is it's i don't know if it's an open standard or not but it's a home iot thing so it's a iot communicating with each other thing so this thing will be um a hub for these thread devices problem is i don't know what thread is um all my all my stuff is uh what is my stuff hmm What's the other, what are the other protocols? Uh, the Zigbee, Zigbee is one. I have Z-Wave, though. Z-Wave. My stuff is Z-Wave. So Thread, I don't know if that's Apple-specific HomeKit stuff or if it's an actual standard, but you get Thread, you get Bluetooth 5.0, uh, yeah, you know, HDMI 2.1. Wi-Fi 6? Wi-Fi 6. Boy, do I need to upgrade my routers again? They well, just my, keep updating that version. <laughs> my internet's not fast enough for it to matter. So right, <laughs> that's, that's, my pro- that's my problem. Well, it does have the gigabit Ethernet, so yes. you don't have to pay for the upgraded model to get gigabit on this cheap little device, which is a little odd, huh? That you have to pay for the upgrade to get it on the iMac. Yeah, they they are going to. If you do not want the 4K version, you still get the Apple TV HD. And they are upgrading that, uh, not to an M1 chip, but with the new remote, with the new Siri remote. So you can get that. So there you go. Oh, I finally figured out what I was thinking of with the new hardware. So now they're able to do like 4K video at 60 frames per second HDR. Mm -hmm. But literally the only media that you can get for that is going to come off of your iPhone. So basically, yeah. you can play iPhone videos at that quality <laughs> level and nothing else. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, at least this is more of a future proofing. When I looked at my Xbox, you know, doing this, the Series S or the Series X or the PlayStation 5, you like can't even really get TVs that really have the 2.1 done correctly. And the, in the, they have, there's things that are out there, but to get the ones that actually do the, the variable refresh rate for mm. gaming, you know, you're up in the, the top ones. You got to wait a few years, but... If you were to buy one of these, because you're only going to buy an Apple TV once every until they stop upgrading the OS, because, yeah. you know, yeah. unless like for you, right, you're like, you're totally fine with 1080p content because probably your TV is doing AI ML learning to upgrade that 1080p to 4K, right? And and uh, it probably looks pretty decent uh, overall. I mean, this will be a good upgrade for you when you get it, which I'm sure you will. Um, in the, the, of course the available second half of May, whenever that is, by the way. So sometime. 
Yeah, and it all comes down to the stream quality. Mm-hmm. You can ship 4K video at a terrible compression rate, and it yeah. comes down basically as 1080. Is that 4K? Is it really? So I don't really believe any of this stuff. Like, unless I'm uploading a 4K video to it, I'm not really looking at the pixels. I just just noticed one thing: uh, system requirements requires HDMI cable sold separately. Oh, come on, Apple. Put the cable in there. <laughs> they would give you a nice cable too. Because also the thing, you know, my monitor that I bought came with a HDMI cable and it came with a display port cable. And they said, in fact, if you don't use the cable provided, it says, please use the cable provided because it has 2.1 in it. And it's like, because right. that's the thing is you could get this TV and just have a spare HDMI cable sitting around. And guess what? Now it's only going to give you 1080p or, you know, not, not 4K at whatever because it's not the right cable it's crazy yeah and that applies to the thunderbolt thunderbolt port on the ipad also those are very specific cables yeah you can tell them because they don't flex very well and they're all very short because it's a crazy protocol going very fast i'll tell you this much i almost don't want to stream 4k because we've obviously been working from home heather and i and having so many more meetings and (laughs) I didn't know that my ISP uh, set a cap of 750 gigs per month. What? Let me tell you, Frank, we've gotten up to 98% of our threshold one of the months. Well, no kidding. I'm a single person, and I got up to the two gig for the first time during the pandemic. That's my cap. The two terabytes. uh, Sorry. Thank you. Um, I can't. I don't know how I did that, but I did that. (laughs) And... It's not even pirating or anything. Like, was that all Netflix? I feel really bad for whatever I was doing that month. But so I can totally believe you burning through that with two people. For sure. I'll tell, I'll tell you, and we don't, we do stream. Everything is streaming, right? We, we we watch some stuff, but I do a lot of uploading. I'm uploading huge files mm. to YouTube. So like, here's the thing. I edit files. If you do any file editing, you're, and you're backing it up. It's crazy to think about because let's say I take a video from my iPhone and a bunch of other videos and I put it onto a YouTube clip. Okay. Well, those are several, you know, these iPhones are ginormous, right? I'm taking clips from, 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 uh, OBS. We're talking, you know, hundreds of megs there. Those get uploaded to my OneDrive. Then I create my editing file, which is, is relatively big. And then I do an export and that uploads to OneDrive, then I upload it to, you know, to YouTube. So in doing one video, that could be five to 10 gigs of data between uploading download. Because remember, if I took video on my iPhone, I got to then upload that on to my Google photos and then download it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of cylindrical between devices in my house going on there um, to make it easier for me. But yeah. Uh, so if I do ever go over, I will have to upgrade our plan to the upgraded internet, which gives us one terabyte, but I'm like, come on. So not happy about it. Yeah. And I'm even curious, like, um, I've looked through settings sometimes, but I can't even think probably in Netflix or something you can disable HD or something like that, but it'd be sad to have to do that. Cause I remember I used to be so jealous of your old internet because you used to get the, uh, gigabit or something oh, at so one point good. yep i did in the old old apartment two two apartments ago 
Oh, I was so jealous of that. I've never had that kind of bandwidth before in my life. I, I dream of it one of these days. It was one gig down, one gig up, unlimited Ugh. everything. Gross. Oh. And it was <laughs> beautiful and gross. <laughs> it was the same price of what I'm paying for right now. Of course. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. that, that that checks out. Anyways, this is our podcast. What did you think of the event? One hour. They spent an hour, Frank. We spent an hour. We did it. How do we do that every time? I'm always like, you know what? Simple event, four or five products. We'll get through it in 30 minutes. And we always take an hour. So thank you, everyone. Bless your hearts for listening to us for an hour. I don't I don't know how, but I appreciate it. Uh, well, let, let us know what you thought of the event. And if you bought anything, we're real excited to hear. Go to MergeConflict.fm. There's a Discord channel. There's a Twitter account. There's all the things. There's an email button. You can do whatever you want and hit us up and let us know what you think of these new Apple products. Or if you're like, hey, I skipped all these and I went and bought this thing or I bought this other thing, let us know what you're super excited for. What's going to do for this week's Merge Conflict. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Kruger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.